0: if you will, let's turn to Genesis 43, Genesis 43, I don't know if everybody had a chance to get a bulletin, but um, that was a precious thing to me this week, I enjoyed putting it together, and in there too, I forget to tell you, that's why I write it down, Uh, Lord willing, uh, Monday night or or Tuesday morning, uh, Brother Angus will be coming into town, and uh, as the Lord's pleased, he's going to preach for us Wednesday night, so uh, I'm I'm tickled to have him again, and uh, and to hear him preach, and visit with him, and so pray for him as you're able. Time of messages, the brethren's approach. We just looked the last hour, the enemy's approach. This is the brethren's approach, and I want these two messages to go together today, somebody's going to listen to this one, if you downloaded this one, look up the date or however, and go listen to the other one first. They go together. The enemies approach and the brother's approach. I think you'll notice some striking similarities and some differences between those of the enemies that come and the brethren that come. And then, and then I pray we see the only thing that makes the difference. What makes them different? It's not what, it's who. Who makes us to different? Who makes us to differ? There's a whole lot of what's that divide everybody. This whole you want division, uh look outside. It's all over over anything. Who? Who makes them different? What got Joseph's brethren to this point? We're here in Genesis 30 or 43. Uh they they'd went there and, and the famine got some stuff, left the brother, and come back home to Jacob. And what what led them to this? Years ago, a couple decades ago, Joseph had some dreams. And he said, hey, brothers, come over here. They didn't like him anyway. He was the preferred of their their father. He wasn't the firstborn, but they treated him like the firstborn. What's wrong with this? You know, I came first. Me. That's what the problem was then. That's what the problem is now. But he said, brothers, I had a dream. And he said, what it got to, y'all going to bow down and worship me. I'm going to be the boss. And boy, they didn't like that at all. And then he went and told his mom and dad. He said, I had another dream too. The sun, and the stars, and all this, the moon, and the stars, they're going to make a to me. And he said, wait a second. Now that was fine when he was talking about your brothers, Jacob said. Now, now this is hitting home. You're putting this in shoe leather to me. You saying that about me and your mama? We ain't going to have that. He said, go check on your brothers. Down there in Shechem, all that horrible town. And so he went to go check on them. And they took him. They couldn't even say nothing nice to him. And they threw him in a pit, sold him off to slavery, faked his death, went home. Did he die? They didn't know. He may have been fine. Uh, He may have been tortured for 15 years. He may have died from some disease. They had no idea. Might as well have been dead. That's a bad thing. Lying to their daddy, put their daddy through all that grief just because they were proud, just because they wouldn't have some man come down there and say, I'm going to tell you what to do. And you know what's going to happen? That man's going to tell them what to do. (laughs) If the Lord's purposed it, man can't undo it. What brought him with this? A famine came. Joseph kind of hit repeat with all this in the prison. He ended up in prison unjustly, and falsely accused. He interpreted more dreams. He said, here's what this means. And then that ended up getting him there with Pharaoh. He interpreted Pharaoh's dream. He said, you're going to have seven years of plenty, and you're going to have seven years of lean." And you better put somebody that's just and wise and prudent over this to sort it. You got a problem coming. And they said you. <laughs> and they changed his name. And they said you're over everything. You you're equal to me except in the throne. I'm still the pharaoh, but you are everything. You're it. You're the head. And because of that, those seven years of plenty. Joseph's brothers are living life as normal, giving in marriage having dinners, having get-togethers, going to college football games, having a good old time. And then famine comes. Famine comes. And famine came. You think he's happy about having famine? We may be having a famine in this nation. I ain't going to be happy about that. I like eating. You like eating? God was pleased to send a famine. Why? To bring his people to their elder brother. What if the Lord sends a physical famine in this nation? He's just, Lord's just saving his people. What if there's earthquakes? Lord's just saving his people. What if there's tsunamis and, and school shootings and all these other horrible things that are so hard to deal with? and Lord's just saving his people. What if it's seven years plenty and the economy's booming and everybody's got money coming out their ears? We're all on vacation together in some tropical place. The Lord's saving his people in that too. We need to see him, don't we? He sent this famine to bring them home, to a home that was not their home. Genesis 43, verse 1 says, And the famine was sore in the land, and it came to pass, when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Go again, buy us a little food. And Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, you shall not see my face except your brother be with you. You tell me you go buy food. He said, if I show up without our brother, he's gonna die. We're gonna die. He's gonna kill us. If thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and we'll buy thee food. You let Benjamin go with us. That's what he said. He wanted our little brother to come back. He, he sent the corn and he didn't ask for corn back to go see if you can multiply and make more of it, grow it down there. He said, I want your brother. And then you can be a true man, you'll live. And said, if you send our brother with us, we'll go down and we'll buy you food. Verse five, but if thou wilt not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, you shall not see my face except your brother be with you. Judah, there was a fear in Judah. Do you see that? He's talking to his dad. Now they're all grown and, and then some. But he reverenced his father, but he's telling his dad, I don't care what you say, I ain't doing it. The man said... <laughs> you're a man and i respect you and they'll put you in that office but the man said unless the brother comes ain't no life in i ain't going he had a fear in him he didn't know the language Judah didn't know the language yet he couldn't speak like them egyptians not yet he he didn't know all the customs yet of of when to talk when not to talk how to, what to dress how to do uh What we do on this day, he didn't know all those customs. He didn't know the language. He didn't know all the ins and outs. But he knew one thing. If we're going to live, we must bring our brother. That's all he knew. That garden basically was Egypt, wasn't it? There's no food nowhere else, and all the food's in Egypt. And he said, I ain't going in that garden unless I got my brother. (laughs) Why? He said so. I understood. And there's a fear in him. And I thought, too, why the youngest brother? Benjamin's a picture of us in, in many ways, but this is also a, a picture of Christ, isn't it? Why the younger brother? Well, one of the writers said, chronologically, Christ wasn't born yet, and that's true. <laughs> Benjamin was the least esteemed. He was the mama's boy. He hadn't moved out the house yet. He still lived at home. He wasn't even 30 years old. Don't He wasn't even there. He didn't come up in conversation. Dude said, I'll be surety for him. He wasn't even there. He'll just do what we tell him. He's the least esteemed. What did our Lord say? The least shall be the greatest. He was least esteemed by us and everybody else. Wasn't he? Whichever one's the least of you, bring out into me. He was made the least, that he might be the greatest. Where did this fear begin? It began in the exact same place that every blood-bought child of God begins with. Nothing's different between these sorry sons of Jacob and this sorry son of Jacob. And if you're one of his, nothing's different with you. Look here in chapter 42, over page, verse 7. We're just God-saving fear. this. Come in, same as it does all of us. John, Genesis 42, 7. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them. They didn't know him. And he spake roughly unto them. He, sp- he had hard sayings. What did they tell our Lord? These are hard sayings. Who can hear it? You know what God's preacher is going to have to say to you? Some hard sayings. Had to me. He spake roughly to him, and he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. And he told him, He said, You're spies. You come in to see where the food was and how you could take advantage, and you're looking out for number one, your spies, your enemies of the state. And they said, Oh we're true men. Are you crazy? We're just here to buy food. I told you we was here to buy food. They spies didn't know it, did they? Verse 10. And they said unto him, Nay, my lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. We are all sons, all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. We're true men. We tell the truth. And he said to them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land that you come. You come here to see what you could obtain. He's calling them out, ain't they? They were there to buy food to see what they see what they could get. They is hungry and they wanted something to eat. He said, You spies. That's stern, isn't it? Is that a hard saying? Do you know that's a whole lot better? That's a whole lot gentler. That's a whole lot more tender than what the truth was. They were told sternly, They're spies. You're in here on, on bad motives. The truth was, Y'all, a bunch of premeditated murderers. Oh, we forgot about that. That's been two decades. That was the truth. If you tell the truth, he says, you bring your brother to me. Everything you say is true. If you're truth tellers, I want one thing, your brother. What's that picture of? If you're a truth teller to God the Father, you're going to bring one thing, Christ the truth. Nothing else. He didn't say, bring me more corn. He didn't say, bring me jewelry. He didn't say, come singing songs. I want nice songs wrote and, and bring your brother your brother. Joseph threw it in jail for three days. And he lets those words soak in. He said, You're gonna live. Here's what you do. They said, We'll do it. And he said, Good, go to jail. Well, I can't do it from jail. Well, we're starting to learn our inability. We ain't nothing but sin. And we ain't got no ability to do anything about it. it says in verse 19, Genesis 42:19. If ye be true men, Let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn from the famine of your houses. You take corn with you to your houses. But bring your youngest brother back unto me. So shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. You want to live? I want the brother. I'm going to give you corn. I'm going to give you stuff to make bread. Okay? I'm going to give you the words of life. You just go tell people. Take that back to your house. This yours, you want to live? Eat this. Eat this and live. This is it. But I want something back. Your brother. Your brother. Only him. And he commanded their sacks to be filled. And he commanded that provision be provided for the journey. Well, I thought their sacks was already filled. Yeah, and everything else. If they needed a traveling stick of toothpaste, it was in there if they needed guards to go before and guards to go behind, whatever it was, it was, it was provided, but it wasn't a recommendation. It wasn't, well, if you check this block, it's available to you. It was a command. He commanded it just as our Lord commands our salvation. He commands our provision. And he put all their money back in their sacks. You're going to come to find out, maybe not right now. might take a little time. But you're going to find out that everything that was given to you the the price paid wasn't one iota from you. Everything you thought you'd paid or thought you'd given, uh, that wasn't yours anyway. That's right there where where it was found, In verse twenty eight, Genesis forty two twenty eight, and he said unto his brethren, "My money's restored. Lo, it's Remember they come to that inn and they'd made provision for the ass to feed it." And they started looking in their sacks. And he said unto his brethren, verse 28, My money is restored and lo, it's even in my sack. And their heart failed them. And they were afraid, saying one to another, What is this that God hath done unto us? Why was Judah scared to take anything back to Egypt other than his brother? That's a picture of, of a man that's starting to get some wisdom. He was convicted of sin. And he was convicted of of the Lord has done this has revealed this, he's convicted of righteousness, who that's the Lord he's the Lord our righteousness, and we can't come to him with nothing but his son with the with our our brother, and they were afraid, and they said God's done this and then there in Aaron, chapter forty three verse nine, poor old Judah didn't know what he was saying <laughs> so many times, like Aaron going up and on that mountain and being stripped, and his robes being put on his son. And then he died. What a picture that was of Christ. He says in chapter 43, verse 9, I will be surety for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not to thee and set him before thee, let me bear the blame forever. For Benjamin, I'll take him. That is, He is who they require. Not what is required, a person's required. And I'll take him. I'll be his surety to go before him. That's a lot different than what Reuben did. Reuben's a picture of religion. A picture of what, what we come up, what we think's right. You know what? I've been thinking about this and I think this is right. That's probably wrong. That's probably wrong. Look here uh chapter 42, verse 37. Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, I'll bring him to thee again. <laughs> you see the difference? Reuben said, You want to, if, if Benjamin has to go down there so we can live, if, if Joseph, this, this ruler in Egypt that knows Joseph, is requiring our brother, let me have him. And if I don't bring him back to you, you can pick somebody other than me. <laughs> that's blame shifting. Put that blame, you take two of my sons, that's real important. That's real important. Take two of my sons, isn't it? What did Judas say? I'll be surety. I'll do. It'll be on my head. That's a picture of Christ, isn't it? That's on him. Here in chapter 43, verse 11. This brother must be brought. And there was fear put in him. He was the only one that could. And so Jacob's going to respond. Here's aged Jacob. This man that the Lord's loved throughout eternity. He revealed himself to a long time ago. And he's walked with the Lord. He's been through so many experiences and trials. And one would think, you need some advice? Let's go ask Jacob. Ought to, right? Ought to have learned some things. And he's so concerned with the things of this world. The flesh don't change, does it? We might grow in grace; that new man in us will get a little stronger, a little older, a little wiser, right? Start waking up a little bit more, looking at Christ more. But this body of death's always with us until until we shed it. Nothing's going to change. And I I wanted to say this too. This is this is a poor picture of, of Jacob and what is he's advising his sons. But when the Lord deals with someone, and when we our decision making, it's completely different when we look at the situation or a trial or whatever. When we look at that in light of the gospel as opposed to the light of the world. Now, even after the Lord saved us. If we look at something and we look at it with carnal understanding and fleshly wisdom, that's night and day. No pun intended from looking at it in the light of the gospel, in the light of Christ, didn't it? I had a friend that had a legal matter that had to be settled, and the courts required it. He didn't want to do it, but he had to. And It was a business dealing, and the partners wanted more than half, and they thought they they deserved a little bit more, and he ought to get 45% or whatever. And it had to go before the courts was required and he went to his lawyer and his lawyer said you know I think you can fight this I think you can get half and half I think that's fair we can prove everything we got all the evidence to prove he said give it all to them <coughs> what? <laughs> they're offering 45% he said they want more than half give it all to them well, you're a fool You, your children could live off of this what are you doing? he said that's my gospel buddy that's the gospel I was saved with the Lord gave all for me He's given me everything. If he gave me, and, and then walking through this world, that business is his. The clothes on my back's his. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. That's fine. I was thinking a lot less. That, which that lawyer said, "Where do you go, church, at buddy?" <laughs> Lord I may sit that whole trial just save that lawyer. I don't know. That that toilet in the back we had so much plumbing issues this last week. Hopefully, be fixed this week. But things are closed down and common questions come up in what happened well there was a, cl- a pop that wasn't clogged and now it's clogged It ain't more complicated than that who's going to pay for it the insurance company landlord us me you what would you be happy if it was paid with the lord's money or the lord's money you see that's what I, 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 now something has to do we do live here don't we we do live in this world we do have calculators and checkbooks well this has to be handled but then you step back. If the Lord gives us grace to do so, look at this in the light of the, of the gospel. Well, if that landlord pays for it or I pay for it, who cares? The Lord ain't going broke. It's his. It's his money. No matter whose count's setting in. <laughs> then you know what happened. Landlord text Miss Moore and said, "Hey, we'll be down there Tuesday. We got you covered. We'll put a new toilet in. <laughs> we'll take care of all of it." Big difference, isn't it? There in verse 11. Here's what Israel said, Jacob, and their father Israel. Said unto them, if it must be so now, do this. Boys, you're going to do it. it's how it has to be. Do this. Remember what we looked at last time? This are bifocal text, trifocal, quadfocal sometimes. This is a picture of what Christ is for us to the Father, isn't it? And this is also our ignorance. Take the best fruits in the land in your vessels. Carry down the man a present, a little balm, a little honey, spices, myrrh. Take nuts and almonds, And take double money in your hand. And the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, you take that and you take double that amount on top of it. Carry it in your hand. Don't you let nobody steal it and you keep it secure. Take all these things with you. Per adventure, it was an oversight. Just in case they messed up. You take the money that was in that sack you originally had, take double that amount and take all these other things, the fruits and the myrrhs and the nuts and almonds. That's a lot of stuff you think you'd have to carry it on a camel or something? What was going on when this took place? Remember what verse 1 said? And the famine was sore in the land. They're in the middle of a famine. Why are they going to Egypt? They're about to starve to death. Where did they get all these fruits and honey and spices and nuts and almonds? They're in a famine. They're in a famine, ain't they? Joseph gave it to them. If you had all that stuff, you don't need to go to Egypt. You make almond butter and put some honey on it and sniff myrrh all day. You got seasonings. That's what Joseph gave them. To bring the fruits and gifts that God's given us and expect a reward or favor from God is like me going into your house and picking up one of your trophies, Trevor, and saying, I want to give you something. We buddies now. <laughs> I earned that years ago. What are you why are you doing that? It's like me finding money in your couch and giving it to you. You like me now? That's yours anyway. That's foolishness. Why would we it's cause you're ignorant of God's righteousness if you try to come to God with another righteousness of your own. That's what scriptures say. They're ignorant. They're ignorant. As believers, we do bring our first fruits willfully. The Lord gave us everything, doesn't he? We give the Lord as as He's increased us. If He increased us much, we ain't got much to give Him. If He's increased us much, our cups overflowing, willingly, joyfully, from the heart. This is this is for the Lord's house, and, and that's a that's a hard thing. It takes a long time to learn. Sometimes I used to give to support the the, the local church, and I used to give to support my pastor. Right, worked hard to do it too. And and then we were supporting other things and he wrote a check for a place to somebody else. But I would not give it to him and I wouldn't give it really to that local assembly. That's the Lord's. And the Lord doeth his own as he sees fit. <laughs> he wants to help somebody else do it. We don't care. Do what you want. But not per adventure it was an oversight. Isn't it? We don't put confidence in those things. That's not something well, just in case, let's say our prayers. I don't like it. Say your prayer. No, you're praying to a holy God. That's reverent. Uh, Well, we're going to give the church, you know, just in case. That might help us out some. Maybe the Lord will bless it. Uh, No, you give out of a willing heart. Uh, We're going to read a scripture every day. We're going to devote 15 minutes of our day. Well, how generous you are to devote your 15 minutes to God. It's his day. We don't do that for benefit or per adventure. It was an oversight. There's no confidence in those things. That's what we read for the scripture reading Paul said, for we're the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit. We don't worshiping us singing songs and reading scriptures and showing up to a place and putting a tie on or dress, putting a dress on. That's not worshiping God. We worship God in the Spirit. That's in the heart. It's heart worship. You get that? Now, we happen to look nice and, you know, show up on time and sing songs because we want to sing. But we want to because that Spirit sends. We worship God in the Spirit and we rejoice in Christ Jesus. I'm just rejoicing in you. I like you, but I like you because... You're his. <laughs> and we have no confidence in the flesh. None. None. Bring all those things. That's fine. That's fine. If Lord gave you fruit. Bring you fruit. If he's increased you. Do that. That's fine. But you better have the son with you. You get that? All those other stuff can be in, in, in order and look good and smell good to, to uh, other people covered in dung. <laughs> you can't tell the difference. You better have the sun. That's what it boils down to. And not, like we looked last hour, not knowing where the sun is, not knowing the sun's people and where the sun meets at, and what time the sun meets, and that this is the right building and this way it looks like. Mm-mm. What they believe. No, 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 no. They're having. Uh, Gene had that, wrote, and I put it in the bulletin. The only, the only people that have experienced it can explain the difference between professing Christ and possessing Christ. Now, you can go get you a thesaurus and tell me what the words mean, but in the experience, God has to do that. Who makes them different? He does. (laughs) It's his doing. You don't want to bring nobody else. Verse 13. Jacob told him all those things, which, like I said, even in his ignorance last week, that gave us a good picture of what Christ brings to the Father for us, doesn't it? Bring those things is fine, but verse 13. Take also your brother and arise, go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin that they all may go free. That's God's mercy that they go free. Why did our Lord there in John 18 said, you want me? Let these go free. Mercy. That's, that's mercy taking place <laughs> right there in action. He says, mercy be with you. Verse 15. And the men took that present and they took double the money in their hand and Benjamin and rose up and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. And this this is where it all comes to play. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, that's the key. When the father sees the son, you get that? When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the rulers of his house, bring these men home and slay and make ready for these men shall dine with me at noon. Bring them home. Does it say my home? Better, if it does, you better scratch that out or throw it away and get you another one. <laughs> Bring these men home. That struck me. This is a rightful place. What's a home, not the home? Bring them home. Home. Not my home, home. Slay. Kill a young calf good. Go find a young young sheep. Something's tender. That's what Abraham did, didn't it? He saw the Lord come over to them angels. Get him, him a young calf. Make ready a feast. Make ready. And the men shall dine with me at noon. Dine with me at noon. I thought that prodigal son. You know, he'd rehearse those things. He took his inheritance, went and blew it and foolishly, and these men took that corn, went and blew it too, didn't they? <laughs> Instead of getting Benjamin ready to bring back. They're just in there making cornbread and day in and day out till they run out. And he rehearsed what he was going to say. You know, I've sinned against the Lord and I've done this evil in your sight. And maybe you'll let me be a servant in your house, Daddy. He practiced what he was going to say. And so he finally come home. And he talked to his father and he said, Father, run out to meet him. And he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants before he even got to finish his plan, can I be a servant in your house? I'll live out back in the tent. Just let me work here. He didn't even get finished. <laughs> the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither a fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. They began to be happy. All this thing is hard sayings and jail time, right? we got convicted failings now. <laughs> I'd put that on your record. And and they run away and they come back and Simeon's still tied up over there. And when Joseph saw Benjamin, bring him home. Home. They didn't even know that was home. Yeah, well, you're going to get to a call. Slay. Get the fatted calf. We're going to eat good today. Be merry. Be happy. Why? Y'all's dead. Now you're alive. Why? Because of the son. Because we brought our brother and him alone. He didn't mention not once the, the honey and the myrrh and none of that other stuff, the fruit. Like, I like them dates over there. Yes. No. He saw Benjamin. That's it. So said, and it was commanded. Bring him home. It was commanded to slaves, commanded to make ready. And he says, dine with me at noon. Why at noon? Why at dinner time? Supper's in the evening. You take a dinner bucket to work, right? Why at lunch? Why at noon? When the sun, the S-U-N's at the highest, that's a good time. Well, it's the heat of the day. That's a good time to get ready some shade and just have some lunch and, and be merry, right? And worship the Lord for doing all this. That's true, isn't it? When the S-O-N is exalted, that's the time to be merry. Those that are alive, that's when they're merry. When they're they're eating that feast of that lamb slain. And we're home. We're home. That's home. That's family, isn't it? Carnally, we had some family up north last night. And we drove two and a half hours to go see him and watch a football game, see our cousin play college football. I got my picture took with him. That's close, two hours away. And normally they're thousands of miles away. That's family. We're going to go see him. That's his carnal, isn't it? Why did I drive back so late last night and get up so early this morning? That's my home. That's my family. That's where the lamb's slain and the sun's lifted up high. It's my place. It's your place too. You're going to be here. You eat the same food I do. (laughs) We're going to eat together. Be happy. Be happy. Verse 17. Joseph commanded this to his servant. And the man did as Joseph bade, And the man brought the men into Joseph's house. Now look at the difference between. Remember those that boldly went into the garden of Gethsemane. To approach the Lord and get him. Judas and that band with their staves and their lanterns and all their equipment ready to go. And look here to approach to Joseph. This says verse 18, And the men were afraid. The servant came and said, We're going home, boys. We'll have we're we'll gonna have lunch. I knew you're gonna love it. Come in the house. Come in the master's house. And they were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house. I I, I don't belong in that house hold on a second, after everything's happened to me and I know what I am, I don't need to go in there. And they said, because of the money it was returned in our sacks at the first time we brought in, that he may have occasioned against us and fall on us and, and take us for bombing in our asses. it would be right for us to die. If the Lord's worked in you. Do you remember that point when you said, this is the gospel. I'm a sinner. He's He's a holy. And if God kills me right now and sends me to eternity of death and damnation, He's right. He's right. I got it coming. That's justice. That's not like that ain't fair. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. That's right. I'm nothing but sin. I deserve wrath. And they said, "What? What are we do it in here? He, if, well, if he seeks occasion, he's right to do so, isn't he?" And they came near. This serves good advice. <laughs> verse 19 and they came near to the steward of Joseph's house and they communed with him at the door of the house They wouldn't even go in and they said hey let me talk to you and they said oh sir we came indeed down the first time to buy food we just came just to get something to eat and it came to pass that when we came to the inn, we opened our sacks and behold every man's money in his mouth of a sack and our money in full weight and we had brought it again in our hand We, we ain't nothing ours this is what happened I'll tell you what happened ain't nothing mine And our other money we brought down in our hands to buy food. And we cannot tell who put the money in our sacks. We had extra in there, and we didn't have nothing to do with that. They're talking to the steward of the house. And his only job, he said, hey, get them. Take them home, make some lunch. We're going to eat and be happy. And now he's got these people. He's like, come on. He knows what's going on. You get that? This steward has a good handle of what's happening. And he's like, come on and eat. And they are losing their minds. (laughs) They're tore all to pieces. There's snot involved. I said, I'm a sinner. He ought to kill us. And those extra money, and they're confessing stuff, that the steward don't even know what's going on. Calm down, boys. What's wrong with you? Peter went to cut off the enemy's head and that covenant to take the Lord by force. Look here what this servant does. Verse 23. And he said, Peace be to you. Fear not. Your God and the God of your father hath given you treasure in your sack. The Lord put that money in your sack. All these things. He allowed these things to happen. He brought this knowledge to you. What happened in the garden? Is there evil in the city and the Lord hasn't done it? The Lord allowed this to happen. Why? So Christ could be exalted. So Christ could and us in him. And he said, I had your money. <laughs> the Lord sent me to do it. And he brought Simeon out to them. A brother was freed in this. You see that sometimes in anxiety and fear and all these things, we're bound. I listened to a message the other day as God's cure for anxiety, and it gave me more anxiety listening to it. it was all the stuff to do to not have anxiety, and I don't do the things I don't do to have, not have anxiety, and now i got more anxiety because I have anxiety, and I didn't do the things that's supposed to get rid of anxiety. That's terrible. I want somebody telling me that. I want somebody saying, peace. Be still. God's done this. I just had to be the one brought it to you. Here, look, your brother's all bound up and all this anxiety and all this depression and all these other things. He's loosed. You see what it, what the Lord worked in Simeon? Calm down. It's fine. That's the Lord's doing. And the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water and they washed their feet. And he gave their asses provender. Come in. You've been you've been walking a long way. Sit down, wash this world off your feet. That's where our Lord washed washed his disciples' feet, didn't he? Sit down, wash your feet. And and what about our donkeys? We love them dog. We'll feed them. Just calm down. Sit down. It's time to eat what's been slayed. And rejoice at high noon. That's a whole lot different when they walked in the first time, wasn't it? What brought them there? They are hungry. They needed corn. That's all they knew. What brought us to get underneath the sound of the gospel? I know of several people that came dating a girl. I know some girls that came dating a, dating a boy, and or keep mom and daddy happy, or keep a brother or a sister or a husband or a wife or whatever, whatever reasons. Like you feel guilty, conscious. You feel guilty, and you're like, I just I need to go where church is. And that's that's I picked all the things that's closest, and I know where that's at, and I'll go there. And then all of a sudden. The Lord deals with you, and it shows you what sin you are, and it shows you your guilt, and it shows you that it's Christ's righteousness, and then you start getting real nervous. And you start getting, I mean, shook up, not agreeing like this is correct. you shook to the core, and then just some old nameless steward says, calm down. This is what the Lord does. This is his doing. It's what's supposed to happen. Take your take shoes off. Come eat. It's <laughs> fine. That's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we're in a famine in this land. and Give us boldness to tell people where to come and eat. Give us boldness to tell them to bring nothing but our brother Christ. Our elder brother. Our preferred as preeminence over all things. Lord, thank you for these daily fruits and nuts and honey and conveniences you give us and that from our brethren and we're thankful for those things but we're thankful for our Savior and the knowledge of Him will make us grateful make us profitable servants give us peace give our brethren peace those that are in times of difficulty and looking to the things of this world turn them turn our hearts to Christ and keep us as you promised you will Lord we know you're faithful to keep your promises remind us of them it's because Your darling son we ask these things Amen.